Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, Merry Christmas. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go on this Christmas uh, Sunday morning. Imagine uh, many of you might be gathered around a tree or opening presents uh, or traveling. So uh, wherever you happen to be, we're glad to have you tuning in. And so uh, as we take some time to reflect a little bit on the beginning of the Gospel of John, uh, the entrance of Jesus, the entrance of the light to the world, we want you to prepare yourself for whatever word the Lord might want to impart to you today as we listen to our own Jenny Dalba singing Breath of Heaven. Must I walk this path of 
So as I mentioned, we're going to be looking at the beginning of the uh, Gospel of John, which talks about the entry of the light into the world, the light we have come to know as Jesus Christ. And it says in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. And what has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Now, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to witness and testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. So last night at our candlelight service, if you happen to tune in or or be with us, I, I encourage everyone to consider that according to the Bible, God does some of God's most important work at night. Uh, Darkness, therefore, is not something to be feared. Darkness is when great and divine effort is being made for the good of the world and for those of us in it. In fact, as you know, in Genesis, creation itself is birthed out of cosmic darkness. The birth narratives of Jesus, of course, take place at night. And then think about this, resurrection. Resurrection, the great promise of our faith, only occurred after Jesus was sealed in a darkened tomb. So life in all forms takes shape and is nurtured also, if you think about it, in the darkness of the womb. So darkness isn't a terribly fearful thing. No, for God, darkness is a wonderfully creative opportunity. Now, with that said, on Christmas morning, it's important to say that light is indeed a great gift as well. Light is the first act and blessing of creation. In the beginning, it says, in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, this is Genesis, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. And then God said, let there be light and there was light. And that creation of light is at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of time is echoed in what we just read in the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being through him, and what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. God creates light, and light is good, which, as I was saying last night, doesn't mean darkness is bad. No, not at all. 
However, on Christmas morning, as we gather around illuminated Christmas trees, we're encouraged to remember the gift of God's light to the world. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the illuminated Christmas tree was actually introduced by the great Christian reformer, Martin Luther, who in the early 1500s, so more than 500 years ago, first put candles on an evergreen tree inside his home to remind his family of God's great gift of light, Jesus Christ. So the illuminated Christmas tree was supposed to be a symbol for Jesus's illuminating presence in the world. Now, I'm not not sure that uh, understanding has been carried through through the years, uh, nor am I clear it was still in play when the uh, first Christmas tree was lit with electric lights in New York City in 1882. Uh, Edward Johnson, a friend of Thomas Edison, was uh, creating a a, a tree, an illuminated tree, not so much to honor Jesus, but as a modern marvel of human ingenuity, and it was adorned with patriotic red, white, and blue lights. Uh, Since that moment, New York City and Christmas have been synonymous. Uh, The home, as we know each year, of the world's most famous illuminated tree. I don't know if you know this, but back in 1975, the Rockefeller Center tree actually came from New Canaan. Did you know that? Pretty cool, but I I suspect Jesus wasn't particularly top of mind when folks came from New York City to acquire the uh, 59-foot balsam fir tree from the Wolf family's front yard. It was cut down and then set in place in Rockefeller Center a few days later, having been decorated with uh, colored globe lights. Yep, you best guessed it, red, white, and blue. For years, Rockefeller Center trees were actually bought from homeowners like the wolves, not as a reminder of God's light breaking into the world in the person of Jesus, but rather because folks wanted to get rid of their oversized trees and thought it was a waste merely to burn them for firewood. Now, of course, these days, those giant front yard trees are kept in place and illuminated by small cranes that seem to make their way from house to house and tree to tree throughout New Canaan shortly after Thanksgiving. Now, The result is stunning. You know, it's quite a gift to live in an area that takes Christmas exterior illumination so seriously. However, it might be an even greater gift if Martin Luther's invention was remembered for its original purpose, as a celebratory symbol of God bringing new light and life into the world through Jesus Christ. But that's why God invented preachers, as nagging reminders of that which is often forgotten. Now, There is so much that has been and is and will be said about Jesus by people and preachers alike, but John's gospel begins by proclaiming that Jesus is light, that light is a defining characteristic of our Lord and Savior. Jesus is uh, light to the world, light to our lives. Uh, This idea that the word, that Jesus, the incarnate word, is also light is found in the Psalms. And, And And one reference in particular may further indicate the purpose of Jesus as a gift of light to us. Uh, Psalm 119 says, Your word, remember Jesus was the incarnate word, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word, Jesus, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Our Lord, light to the world, light to our lives, uh, illuminates the path before us. Jesus has a way of brightening those dark moments we all experience so that we can see our way through. Jesus, the word made flesh, life made light, is the one by whom we can successfully navigate an often dark and troubling world. The light that is Jesus, it isn't meant just for a seasonal decoration. No, no, no. It's meant as a daily illuminating presence by which we can live if we choose. 
Now, it is something of a gift to have one of the members of last year's confirmation class choose to make her faith commitment on Christmas morning. We have one of our confirmands uh, making those commitments on uh, Christmas, and it's not by design, but the fact that our confirmand's been really, really busy, but she's here now, and on this day, she has chosen to be a Christian. Now, to be a Christian means to be a follower of Jesus, which means that this particular confirmand has chosen on Christmas Day to follow the light. And in truth, following the light is not a choice you make once and for all time. No, choosing to follow Jesus Our light is a decision that we can make or fail to make every single day. Now, in a matter of days, our Christmas trees will come down. Uh, Cranes will reverse their course through town and and remove lights hung more than a month ago. The tree at Rockefeller Center is only going to remain in place a few days past Epiphany. And of course, zillions upon zillions of ornaments will be replaced in bubble wrap and safely stored away for another year. And it's all been such a delight and such a gift, whether or not we understand or remember the intended symbolism. But the good news is that the true light endures. Jesus Christ, the reason for the season remains. The light of the world shines forth for all to see. And on Christmas morning, we all, we all have the opportunity to choose once again to follow his light. So Merry Christmas. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord God, Christmas Day is a day that we anticipate um, uh, with great uh, excitement and joy, Uh, but it's true that uh, others, Lord, uh, and all of us at times of loss actually struggle through this holiday. Uh, It can feel as dark and for as dark as long as uh, these winter days uh, remain shrouded in, in darkness and lack of illumination. So, Lord, whether we feel our life is brightly lit and aglow with love and hope and peace and joy, or whether we're really struggling, we pray that your light, your hope, your presence would pierce the darkness in ways that usher us into new life, new potential, new opportunity. So, Lord God, uh, we pray that on this day we would choose once again to follow you and your illuminating presence forward trusting that if we are willing to follow, you will lead and you will lead us to a life that is good and meaningful and purposeful. So we pray all of this on this Christmas morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church family, on this new Christmas day, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.